Yeah. Oh, by the way, last Ringo comment, but it was hilarious. I got a new car finally okay. yesterday. And when I had to sync my phone, I basically almost broke the car because I was so angry because it, you know. Can, can I guess, I have guess what kind of car you're driving? Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to say a Mini. Like with You're with so like nice. a, um, I pictured you driving a clown car. Essentially, <laughs> how close am I? Pretty yeah, close. No. Warm. Nope. Nope. Okay. All right. I, I wouldn't even fit in a clown car. First of all, but I'd have to have a sunroof so my head could stick out like a giraffe. <laughs> my knees would be up to my eyes. It'd be horrible. Is the um horn play anything or is it just a normal beep beep <laughs> well right now it's normal but i might yeah. change it to play something dixie cool. maybe i'll have it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah dixie for sure well yeah because and then i'm gonna get a cb and i'm gonna be like bo peep to lost sheep uh mm-hmm. and i'll look for Uncle jesse <laughs> and then i would have a confederate flag bikini that made mm. sense i mean i still don't want right, one sure. but well. At least I'd be. At least people would go. Oh, she thinks she's Daisy Duke. She's had a stroke, and she believes that she is Daisy Duke. But all this suffice to say, when I when I hooked up my after I you know swore a lot about not getting my phone hooked up properly, the, somehow without me even trying it, immediately the um you know the the stereo connected to my phone and was playing one of our episodes. So the first thing played on my car was why. And it was the intro to, it was when you were talking about being able to see fonts. Oh, yes. And yeah. And Dave was with me when I went to get the car. So Ringo's dad. So Ringo's dad was in the car with me. And as soon as you said that Ringo was Comic Sans, he lost his mind before <laughs> more than I did. Because he's not Comic Sans? Is that what we're no, saying? No, he's not Comic Sans. Okay. When you say lost your mind, his mind, it sounds like that could be a good thing. No, but it not does in not. Yeah, no, no, he, okay. was, he was very upset, just like I was. Okay. So. Well, you know what? Get us a bowler, and then let's come at us. Let's let's talk about I it. I know he did help us with mini kiss, though. That's true. Did he though? Okay, well, yeah, it's true. I probably could have come up with a lot of those on my own. Yeah, I haven't heard from him, and I was emailing Mini Gene. That's all I'm saying. I know that's true. So, all right, fine. You can have um, Minnie Jean. But, but Minnie Jean likes me better than you. Every now and again, someone likes me better. Fair enough. That's okay. <laughs> Once in a blue moon. Yeah. This is Why, with your hosts, Heidi Hedquist and Luke Poling. How did you start water skiing? Um. Well, you know, it's a little bit of a... Uh, argument in the family in the family history of it my mom says I learned to ski at um seven and my brothers that taught me seemed to think I was more like five so um very early on I'm the youngest of four my brothers and sister I have a sister and they uh you know I tried to keep up with them and it's they were boom 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 and then three years later the um me I came along so I'm three years younger than than the next oldest sibling and um, they were doing we we had transplanted from a military family to Lake of the Ozarks Missouri which uh, my dad had us living right on a lake and so we had all the boats and all the amenities and all the things that you would 
you know, associate with lake life and lake living. And my brothers, oh, they, they, you know, they put me through the ringer. So they rigged up some skis and uh, they got me out there and, you know, I picked up on it. I don't, I don't even remember, you know, I was young enough that I don't even remember the process of learning to ski, but I do remember some really funny, silly things where my sister was pulling me one time with a John boat and I was waving my arms to try to let her know that she had her boat, the little John boat headed right towards the dock. And if I was smart enough to know I could let go of the rope, it would make her react. But I didn't. I just kept waving my arms to say, you're headed towards the dock. And uh, so she ran the boat up on the dock, you know, the motor, you know, and all that. So that's a memory I do have. But like, you know, when you're five, six, seven years old, you know, it has to be something kind of big for you to remember. So, but that was my start. Um, Lake of the Ozarks and just two skis. And Lake of the Ozarks is like, it's called the Dragon Lake because there's all this shoreline. It's like, um, I guess there's over, um, I don't know, it has more shoreline than like Michigan. So it's huge, but it's just really curvy and snaky. And um, in the coves is where everybody lives. And you can do a little bit of skiing and playing around in there. But when you get out into the bigger channel is where all the bigger boats are. And I remember at a very young age, like boats kind of coming alongside and following. You know, and they had to just be amazed because I'm not very tall. I I topped out at Hmm. 5'2", although the... uh, University of Missouri basketball team. I actually was a walk-on for um, wow. the Columbia, Missouri. So you have some innate, you, either you have some innate athletic skill or they were just desperate. Um, uh, I think, what, <laughs> I think really a lot of it was, I was a walk-on. I didn't play at all, but I had a really high GPA. <laughs> so I think I, the, 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 the coach, uh, the coaches probably picked up on the head coach probably picked up on, you know, Hey, if we, if we let this girl on the team, she hopefully, I, I, I think I might've inspired them a little bit because I was very, um, I was a long distance runner. So I, you know, I, I, the stamina side of it, maybe I didn't have the skills that some of the other girls had, but like I'd give it my mm-hmm. all in the running and the training. And then I had, like, I could give the whole, of the team uh, boost in the GPA side of it. So, um, yeah, that was, um, so everyone that, that, wins. yeah, so it was a win-win, <laughs> but like, yeah. So the beginning and, and going back to that, I just, um, you know, have those memories of why are the, why are they looking at me and why are they pointing at me and why are they honking their horns? And now with that, I'm older. I, I, I understand it. There's like this teeny little, you know, you know, I don't know how old I look, but like I said, I was, I'm, I've always been short for my size. And um, even then, if I was five, I might've looked two or three. So to see me skiing behind a boat was probably, especially back then, this is in, yeah, you know, now, now it's like, you see it all the time, the ski babies the and, squirrel. you know, the, the, the parents right. get the kids out yeah. on the skis. At oh yeah. yeah the, <laughs> twiggy. Yes, exactly. Now, how long after, and maybe you don't remember this even, you're up on the skis and you start trying to do various flips and tricks was this a short span where you're just like i can do something else with this or did it take you a little bit to gain that confidence i was in kindergarten and first grade and we had this really cool pe teacher come along and for whatever reason she saw that i had a little bit of talent i you know i i I want us to have some humility in, in all of this and not seem too you know arrogant but like she must have seen a little bit of natural talent or maybe even um courage and bravery and so they were starting a ski show and when i was in about and she she was like from kindergarten first grade second grade third grade fourth grade fifth grade she at when i was in fifth grade i guess i would be about 11 she asked me if i knew how to water ski and of course you know 
being a lake person, I was like, in my little baby mind, I'm like, well, of course, you know, doesn't everybody, you know, my little 11 year, you know, does, I mean, we, we live at the lake. I, of course, I know how to water ski. And she said, do you know how to slalom? And I said, yes, I know how to slalom. And, and that's on one ski for people that might Thank not you. know. Thank you. Yeah. Slalom means, yeah. That's, yeah. That would be me. And so, um, <laughs> slaloming is on one ski. And it's really odd because, you know, you would think that the snow skiing would translate over to water skiing in that terminology but mm -hmm. it doesn't because there's no down here they say slalom downhill in snow skiing and it's just the fast going in and out of the gates you know it's not you're not on one ski <laughs> except now there's um snowboarding mm -hmm. which is the equivalent of being on one ski but anyway i'm getting um getting a little uh getting a little ahead of myself mm -hmm. so i she said you now slalom which meant to me can i ski on one ski water ski and i said yes of course and so she said well me and my husband and another couple which she didn't explain it like that. I'm just saying it now are, um, starting a ski show. Do you want to be part of the ski show? And I'm like, yeah, you know, show ski, you know, and, and, and you're going to pay me. I, this is going to, this is going to be a job, a summer job. I was like, you know, where do I sign up? I was 11 years old when I started skiing, you know, and I'm doing air quotes. You guys can't see me, but professionally. So, so for an 11 year old in 1976, that was uh, the year that I got my summer job. Um, it was quite a, you know, just, just, wow, what an adventure and what an experience and how lucky. At first I started out with just, um, riding in the boats and giving hand signals and being a shotgun rider. But then I, um, convinced the, the best girl skier there to, I convinced her she needed to teach me how to barefoot water ski. That's for Luke <laughs> skiing without any skis on my feet. I don't, you know, for Luke and for anybody else out there, barefoot, barefoot skiing is just like it sounds. You, you, you are on your bare feet. There are no skis involved. And when I was able to make that, um, trick or, uh, ski show act happen that was when um they kind of started it, it started building into a almost like they didn't say it back then but like i would have been a brand in a way they would they were calling me the girl wonder and um as the summer went along i turned 12 so i remember starting out that first summer starting at 11 and turning 12 and then the 12 year old girl wonder and then it's another anecdotal part of the story which is kind of cute is that i i joke and make fun about how for like I was the 12 year old girl wonder. And then the next summer, you know, and I'm the 12 year old girl wonder. And then the next, so for like about three or four summers, I was the 12 year old girl wonder. <laughs> Eternally 12. Eternally 12. But again, that's going, that's now getting back to the, uh, the whole idea of, you know, not being very tall, you know, so that they, they could get away with that, you know? And yeah. My life was the complete opposite because I was the same. I was five foot nine and my same dress size by the time I was 12. So you were eternally 12. I've been like 30 since I was 12. <laughs> so. No, I mean, it's, it's, I'm going to go ahead and just throw that out because that is a, you know, as much as you're saying that and we're laughing, it's, it's hard either way. You know, it would be hard. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm empathetic and sympathetic to that. Oh my goodness. You know, that was difficult for her because, you know, and it, and it would have made you had to grow up quicker. Let me just say, Heidi, I, you know, we're only meeting each other through, you know, this online blog talk, which I really am enjoying, but, um, I, I can jump into the idea of that making you grow up fast. Imagine 24 years old, you know, like, I don't want to say I saw the face of God, but like I was in a life threatening, I thought I was dying situation. And that was when I broke my neck at 24. And it just, it really gives you a different perspective 
and philosophy, I think, in life. It makes you grow up in a in a spiritual way. And um, I'm still growing. You know, we all that's happening all the time. But I am just really um, empathetic and sympathetic to hearing Heidi that you you know were that tall at, at um, well, 12 yeah, years old. Well, yeah, but obviously, I, I I nothing like what you went through as you got older, and and that is such a an experience of that would certainly change your perspective on life. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience without ruining anything in the um, book? Yeah, I can. I just, uh, you know, I had been struggling and struggling so much with um, the politics side of trying to do these tricks that were males only domain. You know, there were no girls that I could look up to and say, she, she's doing it. I can do it. Um, I want to learn this. And I've just kind of been the kind of person that doesn't want to remain stagnant in life. And I saw these guys from a very young age performing these tricks. And I just thought, it doesn't matter that I'm female, I should be able to do it too. And so um, in hindsight, I think about the physiology of it, because I do think uh, forward moving backflips, and that's the trick that I got hurt on, are more difficult for females, only because we have a lower center of gravity. And in gymnastics and diving and all these other sports, you don't see, it's more rare to see a girl like standing on a diving board and throwing herself forward and, and moving her head back. Because if you could hold a pen, and I have a pen in my hand right now, and you put your, your fingers in the middle of the pen and you swing it, there's not very much movement. But if you move your fingers up towards the top of the pen or pencil and you, and you start to move it and swing it, there's a lot more momentum. And so that's my way of saying it's, it's harder. And as of right now, I think I'm still the only woman in the world that has done a um, gainer off the jump ramp with the two skis. I mean, the forward moving backflip for girls on wakeboards, they're doing them all over the place. And there are girls out there that can do it. But there, have not, there has not been since I made those tricks. And that would be, um, I think, like in 1988, 89. So... 30 years ago and there still hasn't been a girl to perform the backflip off the you know five six foot jump ramp going 36 miles an hour that's the trick that got me the the nemesis of all nemesis the moby dick of everything that i thought of while i was on the water you know what i mean it was that was that was the trick mm -hmm. that made me as good and better than my bosses you know, that was the trick that was going to let me be on the pro tour and challenge the men on the Coors Light, uh, Bud Light uh, Pro Tour. I, that was going to be my, voila, here I am, Shelly Blum is going to try to challenge the guys. There's no other woman in the world doing it. And um, yeah. so that was, that was what I was aiming for, that third trick. I could do a helicopter, and that's a 360-degree um, wow. turn off the jump ramp with your skis that they stay horizontal and there's lots of girls doing those and, and, and they're getting really good at them. And then there's the front flip. And I think there have been a few girls that have landed front flips and then there's the back flip and to challenge the men and to be on the pro tour, you had to have three tricks. So that third trick was like, that was my, you know, that was my key to, to, to busting in the world of show skiing and freestyle jumping and saying, you know, to the world, here I am. So March 1st of 1989, I have my accident. The first tour stop that I was going to challenge the men was in April. I was a month away. You know, and that's, that's another thing that's just astonishing because if you look at x-rays of my break, it, it just, it doesn't make sense that I'm even still alive. I mean, literally. Which is, it's on the back yeah. cover of your book. And it, 
and yeah, there's definitely that. Wait, this, yeah, this should not it, look it's like not this. like, oh, you know, someone will show you a yeah. break. Uh, you know, I broke my toe or finger and you may see an x-ray and you're, and, and you're squinting and everybody's looking to go, well, where? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And, you, and sometimes you'll even just, yeah, oh, I, yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like you shake your head like you do when you're <laughs> talking to people and you can't even hear them. You just agree, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, so you just go, yeah, oh, I see right. it. But this is like, you know, really. And, and yep. it sounds, again, I, I, I want to seem humble and have humility about it, but even in the hospitals, they were like, you know, they were calling me the miracle, miracle, I have a hard time even saying it, miracle, miracle girl, you know, because it was just so, why is she still alive? And why can't she, why is she breathing? And why can't she talk? And why is she not losing, right. you know, why isn't she paralyzed from the neck down? And mm-hmm. Because it's, it's really pretty much as close to a decapitation as you can have without it being yeah so yeah or you look at those like i said you look at those x-rays and i think the from your side if if you're trying to be uh humble about it and and self-deprecating about it uh just look at the x-rays there's yeah like that's a serious yeah and and and, Uh. and to and to note and go along with that is that the way that my head was entrapped in the handle, the right, my right jaw was split in half. So we have an extra little, for just for good measure, another little uh, yeah. snafu. So, um, yeah, just a little extra, just, you know, we, we, it could, couldn't just be a hangman's <laughs> fracture nearly decapitated. Let's throw in a broken right jaw. But, um, and then this is funny or not funny, but it's, it's um, interesting. Yeah, funny now, or, you know, interesting is that I've had time in retrospect to to look back on it and think on it, is that not only am I just completely grounded in the way that, you know, okay, you know, to sit up in bed is a big deal. I can't talk. I can't talk. my, My teeth are wired together and I can't, I can't tell what has, I can't, you know, I can't get through the anger and I can't even talk and say what's happening because my jaws are wired together. And, um, you know, as much as the broken neck was really horrible, that is just, if you clench your teeth together and try to talk, it's miserable. You, you have to, and I just did a little bit, but you have to just scream to be able to just to even try to talk when your teeth are wired together like that. And it was only supposed to be for six weeks. And then I went back and they, they, they were like, no, the break is worse than we thought. And so it ended up being, you know, two months. And, and that doesn't seem like a long time, but uh, let me tell you yeah. something. If you want to lose weight, <laughs> why are why are your teeth together? <laughs> Cause I went from, I have pictures and they're in the book and the before and the after. Oh. And it's kind of funny because I just kept, and, and there's some stories in the, in the book that, that really highlight and, 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 I, I don't even want to say anecdotes. Yeah. They're just like, in a in a way, they're very um, oh. they're 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 heartbreaking because it's I'm explaining how I'm trying to, you know, tell people, you know, no, I I didn't get a boob job, and no, this is this is who I am now that I don't have all that other muscle around me that was making me be able to to do those yeah. just. Oh, I don't know. I'm getting oh. a little choked up thinking about it, really. I mean, bring, this is, I haven't talked about my skiing for a while. And, it's, and you know, I mean, it was, it's, it was one of a kind, one of a kind skiing. And I'm so lucky and I'm so, I'm so happy and fortunate that, that right. even though we didn't have smartphones and everybody videos everything, I had, I had both my history-making first backflip I ever made in practice. And then I, I had um, my history-making first backflip I did in a ski show. While you know, while being announced and in front of the audience, and I have them both on video, which they're just grainy, really crappy old videos, but it's like it—it it gives you a bit of the history, and I'm just so 
proud and I'm so I feel so blessed and I'm so happy that they were both caught because I almost feel like I'd have a hard time making people believe it really did happen because I even to this day I feel like people question it you know but it's on the video yeah so I'm very proud it should be and what's the what's the one moment during that time of your your career during your skiing that stands out as the most thrilling most memorable moment of that part of your career well I would have to say, and you know what's so weird is like I knew this we were going to be doing this, and I thought, you know what, they may ask that question, <laughs> and what are you, and what are you going to say, Shelley? And I thought we had just talked <laughs> about like the accident itself, and not to be so morbid and not to be, you know, to to be a downer because right. I certainly don't want to come off that way, but it would be the accident. I still, I still that it's just still so vivid, you know, and even though it was. Um, horrifying and uh my life flashed mm-hmm. before me um yeah. i'm not really a religious religious person but i i do believe i'm spiritual and and in becoming more and more so but i was praying and i was praying to god so um that would be that moment because i still i still it still happens to me every once in a while i still have a i you know i don't want to say dream because it's not a dream but like a nightmare you know so i still have those things that I deal with. But as far as on a positive note, uh, just, you know, it's just weird because even some of my positive stuff, these really wonderful moments, they're always kind of, you know, spliced with a bit of um, Mm -hmm. uh, sorrow. Um, There's all, you know what I mean? To to all of my high points, you know, there's some sorrow. I, I have on video in, in some of my, at my, if you went to my website, here's a plug, shellyblum.com or waterskigirlwonder.com. Um, there's a, there's a video of me being interviewed after I made in practice my first backflip and I'm standing in the hallway. It's, it's also some, a, a really good friend of mine. Uh, she, she went on to Hollywood to become a stunt woman. Um, her name is Cheryl Bermeo and she married a stunt coordinator out there and she's, you know, done really well. It was her birthday. So it's really funny. Every, every year it's her birthday. We have that memory of uh, all of us singing happy birthday, but in that video I'm being interviewed and it's just after I had realized, and I explained it some in the book, the, the exact moment of finally, in my mind, um, getting the whale, you know? While we've been talking this whole time, I keep thinking, was there a lot of misogyny while you're doing all this? Or should it rather be, how bad was the misogyny while you're trying to do all of this? It's so weird because when they were sending me out to speak for, like, be a representative for Cypress Gardens, I would go on, you know, I would do practice uh practice interviews like on the camera and stuff like that and I guess they just assumed you know maybe I wouldn't sound too uh rednecky or hokey I, even though I'm from like the Ozarks I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a hillbilly so uh you know I did I did come from having a, a college education and they sent me out because I was something so new and so mm-hmm. unique and I yeah. had I will say this and I, I don't and I don't think it's probably changed much today that you get into a mode of you can't let let that be known I mean, you know, I was, I was had a job to do, and that was to try to sell the uniqueness of our new ski show. And um, I'm older now, so I can look back on it, and I, mm-hmm. I can. It's kind of hard for me to say because it's ingrained in women. I think not to say it, but for me, and I do um, cite those sure. 
moments and times and and that's where we were talking about the really good moments always seem to have a little tinge of sorrow you know um when i you, you know when, and the sorrow i i think i can say to you now luke is is the misogyny is the is the um yeah. you're just a girl <laughs> uh framework that i was trying to you know work my way through and um i didn't have a lot of support uh i would have never admitted that but I, it was very mm -hmm. rare, and so it really made me have to um, dig deep in, inside myself. And, and uh, there were many, many moments of, you know, don't let that tear fall. Don't let that tear fall. Many, many, many times. So in hindsight, mm -hmm. I'm going to be more truthful than the closer I was to when I was doing it myself. There was a lot. It was really hard. It was very difficult. And I'm just so... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud, and I'm amazed at most of why I feel good about where I am in life now is that I still really feel like I maintain hopefully and I spread to the world hopefully my positivity right you know where I mean I could I could be you know I mean I don't I, I don't want to seem like it was just horrible and a bitter in a hard difficult time and that's probably true there is so much to all of that even even before my accident after my accident but um that's not what life is all about i think it's more you, you, you know you're just you're just going to do much better in life when you you just find that positivity you've got to find and and, and you know mm -hmm. what look at look at what i've done since i mean this is this is the this is the silver lining i mean right. i've got nothing to complain about i've got to be you know a role model if nothing else to myself and and believe in being positive and saying no matter how i'm feeling I am so much better off than what the worst would have been was no one ever, ever, ever even heard of or knew there was a Shelly Blum that did those crazy things. She survived that. If I had died, nobody would know anything. No, no one, there would be no story. For more information on Shelly, check out her website, waterskigirlwonder.com. To get a copy of the book, Water Ski Girl Wonder, go to Amazon, type in Shelly Blum, S-H-E-L-L-I-E-B-L-U-M, and she's also on Twitter, at Shelly Blum. And if you're wondering which one of the Go-Go's was the best water skier in the vacation video, check out our website or our YouTube page, and you can find Shelly talking about that. For more Y content, including behind the scenes, additional photos and video, as well as outtakes, visit whythepodcast.com. And please leave us a review on iTunes. It'll help other folks find us and join our cult. The more cult members you bring in, the better your seat will be on the mothership. Oh, and don't forget to follow us on social, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even LinkedIn. Today's show was produced by myself and Heidi Hegquist. Our reluctant executive producers are John Sove and Sandy Stone. Our graphic designer is Samantha Mustonen. Our intern is Randy Jeanette. The theme song was performed by the Electrosynthno-Magnetic Polyphonic Orchestra. This one's for Philippe. Thanks for joining us. Flash, we're coming home. <laughs>